Welcome to the Winest Shuffle, the Inverness Caledonian Thistle fan podcast. The first pod of the new decade roaring into the 20s a full month and a half late. The podcast that likes Everest, Velux, Sash, Casement, Hopper, Tilt, Slide, Stained Glass and 98. All the different types of windows, but not so much the transfer window. Coming up, the January Blues, Sad Robbo, Brexit, Tom Jones, The Masked Singer, Love Island, Unexploded World War II Ordinance and 25 years worth of tenuous ICT references. Let's shuffle. Belfield Park in the islands after dark. Doors in Charleston, Swift and Bullock, Culloden, down the Longman in the rain, feeling mental, Greg Denny. Inverness, what the hell? How you doing? No barter sell for shitty weather, drugs and pissness. Inverness is a fucking business. What did Tarzan say when he found his screwdriver? There's it. Welcome, I'm Andrew Moffat, and for this first part of 2020, we have uh, a man who goes to 20 games a season as a bare minimum, Andrew Sutherland. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, a man who owns 20 signed copies of Confessions of a Highland Hero, Andrew Young. Good evening. Uh, and a man who's got more than 20 sweary words to describe St. Johnson's transfer policy, that's myself. Uh, okay, there's, there's a, there is somewhat to feel negative about with the departures of Donaldson and McCart with Rooney signing a pre-contract in Perth and dropped points in recent matches against Aaron Allow in the last month or so, but we're in the quarter-finals of the Scottish Cup once again. We're still second in the league, and to top all of that, Tom Jones is heading to the Longman. Sav, it's not unusual for you to have a Highland Highland. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, not Tom Jones, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, as you rightly said, league form hasn't been great, so it was nice to get a wee bit of distraction in recent weeks with our performances in the in the Scottish Cup. Uh, great kind of win over Alawa, um, late goal uh, from Charlie Trafford, leaping like a Canadian sockeye salmon to, to head home the winner um, in a, a really great game, a really good away experience as well. We had the chairman in the pub as well, getting involved in some of the pre-match chatter, a uh, good amount of uh, sing-songs as well. Part of the bar staff said that even Rangers and Celtic fans don't leave uh, that, the place that uh, much turned over. So yeah, no, it was really good. And obviously the uh, the, the recent win over at Livy at the weekend as well. And, and we're now into our, I think this has been said on social media, our 12th quarter final uh, in our existence out of 26 seasons in the, in the league. So a really impressive start um, and, and really good for a team of our size. Yeah, um, Scottish Cup's obviously the on-the-field kind of um, highlight. Getting drawn away at Easter Road is uh, really exciting, you know, one of the great grounds of Scottish football. Um, but on a personal note, uh, I think the club doing something unequivocally good, um, which has bizarrely attracted disproportionate criticism, is the way of involving local school kids uh, in the introduction of Gaelic Tano announcements at the stadium. Um for some reason, people are conflating it with, you know, this has some sort of political debate over Gaelic road signs and police cars and all this sort of stuff. And actually, all it is, is a way of involving local school kids, helping them with public speaking and with their translation skills for a subject they're studying at exam level. Uh, and I think it's a really nice thing for the club to do. Uh, my highlight is the fact that I think at the time of recording in the last three games, um, we've only conceded one goal from open play, I think that was against Ayr. Mm-hmm. So despite the negativity surrounding the uh, departed 
centre-half pairing, of whom we will talk extensively later on. Uh, the new combination of Mackay and Mackay hasn't yet proved as haphazard or unreliable as some people perhaps uh, thought they might be. Um, if, if they can keep it simple from uh, now till the end of the season and the distribution is good, and it has been good from um, from Mackay, definitely, yep. uh, and Toshny <clears throat> proves a decent signing, we could actually be all right. So what's been happening? When we did the last pod, uh, we'd been beaten by Partick, but we then defeated Dunfermline, we were second in the league, so pretty much where we are now, inconsistent, but second in the league. Since then, we've had wins over Dundee and Alloa, we've lost to Ayr, we've drawn with Alloa, and then we have the cup win against Livingston. So we'll kick off with the first game of this, this new decade. Dundee away, 4th of January, it was a 2-0 win. Doran and Keating's got the goals. Uh, James McPake, the manager at Dundee, still, surprisingly, massively underachieving with the Dundee squad that he's got. So run us through this one. Uh, yeah, it was a, well, one of my favourite stats is uh, our record when we score first or when we concede the first goal. And this is another classic one where we scored first and went on to win the game. It's, it seems to be pretty standard for us this season. Um, unfortunately, I remember little about this game thanks to um, uh, undercooked uh, macaroni pie at Dens leaving me with a, a serious uh, dose of uh, food poisoning. I think you say leaving so, you with a serious brain injury. Well, yeah. Um, so it wasn't a pretty pleasant journey for me back up the road. But uh, no, I mean, the, the, the main highlights for me from this game was, uh, well, you mentioned the distribution from McCarty. Um You had a wonderful Bobby Mann-esque or Josh Meekins-esque ball uh, out of defence finding Rooney down the right. He's got that, uh, doesn't he? Yeah, he really yeah. does. And, and, and Rooney, what, one, one thing you, you, you can certainly never thought about Rooney, even with him having signed his pre-contract with St Johnson's, he still puts the effort in. He gets up and down that right side of the pitch like uh, like no one else really in, in recent years for us. Um, and he, he teed up Doran, uh, who strode into the penalty area and, and really kind of lashed it home. Uh, really Really good goal, really cool finish from Doran. And what followed not long after was what I hope we were going to see more of from Keatons this season. Um, again, a really nice kind of composed finish, a good kind of uh, Inverness counter-attack, cutting inside his man and just lashing it into the net. I mean, and after that, it, it was pretty easy for us. Uh, Dundee didn't really threaten. The Dundee support were, you know, typically negative, probably even worse than, um, you know, Inverness fans at times. And uh, I think probably one of the, the, the highlights of the day in terms uh, of uh, sports, or, sports chance, sorry, was a relatively simple but effective Dundee geezer boo. And uh, more often than not, the home fans obliged. They were, Dundee were shocking. They were really, really bad. We were, you know, we were on easy street as soon as we went 2-0 up. There, you know, it was, it was a really routine uh, win for us. Yeah, I mean, I wondered how much it was a reaction to a really disappointing home defeat against Arbroath um, when we, I think we had one shot on target or something um, in the whole game. Yeah. Uh, and we needed to come out you know, and, and show that we were better than that. Um, and Dundee are not a bad team, I think, for that sort of game because they don't press us. You know, they seem to want to like build up slowly and play kind of you know pretty football or whatever, but they're pretty toothless, you know. Um, so that was a very good um, team to come up against, even though they're one of the favourites for the league. Um, Doran and Keating's obviously played a bit better, um, and Rooney again, as you pointed out, you know, he had a really big hand in both the goals, and he is one of our premier attacking threats. Um, the real reason that we actually won the game, of course, is that um, a well-known. Um, 
or other febrile Cali Thistle supporters started the match day thread and Pie and Bovril with a kind of verge of hysterics reference to our donkey gaffer. <laughs> and any time this guy does that, then we automatically, you know, pick up form and go on a good run. So we should explain, maybe... Explain that to me. It's, it's this guy uh, who has appeared in on various forums under various guises, but soon kind of portrays himself by having hysterical meltdowns and screaming that John Robertson stroked Steve Patterson, stroked Craig Brewster, stroked Sergei Beltan. Even though he probably wasn't born at the time, Baltacha was a manager, needs to get a grip and get out. And he, you know, and then he kind of backtracks and says, "You know, I'm back and I've changed, and I'll never behave like this again." And within a few weeks, he's kind of screaming again. Um, he's a cracker because, like I say, anytime he does that, you know we're going to go on a good run. So I think the guy's absolutely fantastic. He also regularly calls Southern Arsehole and Pine Bovril, which is an added kind of. Um, Probably you know, quite justified to be honest. So, yeah. yeah, so he's great. I think we should start producing gonks of this guy and take them to games, you know, and we'll never lose a game. All right, well, we're going to uh, Aloha. Uh, Aloha away, 18th of January, 3-2 win uh, in the Cup. Uh, Doran, White and Trafford with goals, two of which were headers from corners. Always an entertaining game down at Aloha. The time before that, I think Robbo said it was one of the best games he'd actually watched. He watched this season, to be honest. Uh, but I think this was actually the first game with the new centre-back partnership what we are now calling the new power couple. Uh, <laughs> Donaldson, I said there was going to be Love Island references. Yeah. Uh, Donaldson, Donaldson had already left the villa uh, and McCart was about to, so Brad Mackay coupled up with Kevin McHappy, <laughs> McHappy for the first time. He was McHappy. <laughs> he was McHappy. With big Brad behind Andrew. him. Yeah, you know, some was talking about what a good game this was and Rob was talking about how exciting it was. Maybe it's because I was absolutely perishing and... But I don't think it was all that great. You know, I mean, I know, okay, five goals and, you know, we scored a late winner. You know, it was pretty low on quality, you know. Um, I thought both defences were absolutely dreadful. Again, Sean Rooney makes a difference for the opener. He makes himself available deep into attacking territory to pick up King's diagonal cross and play in Doran. And for the winner, it's Rooney's header back across goal that sets up the chance for Trafford. Um, and that sort of boldness is something we're really going to miss. Um you know the second, our our second goal, White I thought was really really slackly loosely marked. Um, you talked about Mackay McCarty. You know I think McCarty is a more I I see more in him as a defender certainly in terms of his distribution out of defence uh, than I do in Mackay who does this really is the, give this me is the, the first fear. game that they have. I know I do understand and, that. and the worst game. But as we're well no actually as I'm going to say I think the, well, the, the Air United game in some ways yeah. was worse. Um, we we, we did look we were, pretty soft in the middle of defence. We were, we were, and you know, I mean, O'Hara's movement completely wrong-footed. Both Trafford, I think, for the first goal, and then I think Brad McKay for the second goal. Although I think that cross should have been cut out beforehand. Um, the other thing is about those two is I think we defend deeper with McCarty, uh, sorry, with McKay and McCarty in central defence, partly because I think McKay McKay won't take the ball into midfield. He won't exactly, and that means that. Um, we really need someone like Sean Welsh there who provides composure in front of them. You know, I think Trafford is a stretches rather, stretches the pitch in. He does unless, well, you're gonna, yeah. unless you can ask a line to get up. Yeah, I think I think someone like um, if Trafford is our deepest line midfielder and the person we're relying on to build play in front of them, he's a very sort of reactive player. I think you know, so I just feel I don't feel very confident that we're going to be able to build from the back uh, from with those two sitting. Ask, asks a lot more than the midfielders as well mm. if you're stretching the pitch. Mm. I think for me, one of the big changes for uh, during the course of this game is when Story was was taken off and Walsh came on. What Walsh instantly I thought provided much more of an attacking threat on the right side than Story had done. 
Um, I, I like Story a lot. I keep saying it. I do like him, but he's just not suited to that right side. I think all too often his, his main kind of attacking move is to get the ball down and just run really fast. Whereas Walsh has got, you know, he's able to kind of cut inside his man. He's able to actually get across. And Story, unfortunately, doesn't seem to be quite as effective as that. And I think when Walsh came on, we, we, we did look a bit more threatening uh, when we were getting forward. I don't think it was a pitch for him, though, to be fair. To Story. No, no, I mean, yeah, was, exactly. Yeah. He was struggling with it. Uh, yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, that, he didn't look like he actually fancied playing in it. The game, he didn't fancy, didn't like he fancy playing on the pitch yeah. in that game. And then Walsh has come on, and then, you know, when Walsh comes inside, he's going, <clears> he puts the ball from right foot to left foot, he's quite comfortable at that. Whereas, yeah. as you say, Story's more, yeah. you know, but he's I, quite direct. I, as I said, it was, it was um, I, I totally take, um, you know, Andrew's point that, yeah, okay, the maybe not high on quality, but as far as Scottish Cup games go, I mean, what else do you need? You know, was a, there was a decent size in Renes support down for this game. You know, plenty of goals, plenty of um, kind of like talking points and stuff. Um, you know, some good friendly stewards who were allowing us to get on with our drunken celebrations when Trafford got the winner. Um, you know, it was just, you know, what more could you ask for? Uh, That's in, captured in a game? on camera. And captured on camera. <laughs> okay, well, uh, the next game after that was Air Away, 25th of January, which is a 1-0 loss. Uh, the previous game at Somerset was a 2-0 win for us, but uh, it was such an open game uh, that <clears throat> maybe it's not such a prize, not, not such a surprise that we lost this one. Yeah, I mean, it had to happen sometime. I mean, I said before, Ayr haven't beaten us in so long. And, of course, with this game falling on Burns night as well, it just seemed kind of somewhat prophetic that they would get the win uh, that day. And, I mean, to be fair, they, they were the better team over 90 minutes. And we, I think we were we were hard done by with a couple of the refereeing decisions. I don't really see much of a foul by White on um, doing uh, from the... Was it Keaton's free kick, I think, that, that ended up in the net? Um, keepers are overprotected. I don't really think he did too much wrong, but at the same time, I can maybe see why that was um, that was chopped off. Um, the the push on Doran in the second half of the penalty was um, you know a, an obvious penalty as, as you'll get, and uh, I think it spoke um, volumes of the of the referee's performance that um, you know obviously coupled with the barrel loads of abuse that he was getting from the Inverness fans at full time he actually walked off and appeared to uh, give the thumbs up to the Air fans which seemed slightly odd but no I think Air were definitely the better team you know Andrew Young's mentioned already that McCarty and Mackay didn't look great against Dalawa and that it well I suppose Air was probably their their, their worst um, performance I, I would agree with that certainly in terms of Mackay unfortunately he, he looked really uncomfortable and at times he actually looked like a guy who just didn't actually want to be playing football anymore he had a really kind of uncomfortable um, clearance from a long ball that went out for a throw and he just looked so de- dejected I just wanted to give round to the pitch and give him a hug um, <laughs> he just I don't know they, they have looked better recently but in, in this game era by far the better team they, they, they tended to I felt sit in let us kind of come on to them they won the ball off us pretty easily um, and they were able to break really, really quickly, uh, working the ball wide to, to Forrest and Moffat on the flanks. And um, yeah, I think uh, Ridgers had to look sharp to deny air. So let's, ask, a, a let, few let's ask a quick question that we, we've touched <clears throat> on this before, obviously. Uh, our ability to win big games. Our mm. big games are against Air now, they're against Dundee, they're against Dunfermline. Um, we've, gone, we've gone there and we lo- we've lost 1 0. Mm-hmm. Could we have won that game? For, for a lot of people, we're never up, we're not at that game. Yeah, um, we could have done. I think one of the problems is, Sub said, that um, Ayr's tactics early on were to get it out quickly to the wings, almost sort of bypassing their midfield, and allow Forrest and whoever they had wide left, I can't remember who it was, to Moffitt. really kind of, Moffat it, it was, Moffat, yeah. to, um, to run at us. Inside, and yeah. I thought actually that Trafford um, 
and Vincent were actively looking for short balls inside. I remember saying mm. at the time, you yeah. know, I think Trafford's <clears throat> really, really wanting to take it on here, you know. Um, but Brad Mackay, I don't, you know, don't want single players out, but I'm going to just seem to want to go long, go long all the time, over the top to white. And it was really frustrating because I thought in the yeah. early part of that game, we could have actually started to build from the middle, dominate the middle of the park. But actually, by the time Air had um, got on top of us, then... Um, they started thinking about half an hour in, they seem to actually feel more comfortable in that sort of area. You start to see Mark Kerr like, finding his range of passing and that sort of stuff. So Yeah, I, th- I think that's a fair point. And uh, M- McCarty made a comment after the game where you know, he was obviously disappointed in, um, in, in the Inverness performance and apparently the, the pitch wasn't great and it, wasn't, it, didn't, it didn't allow Inverness to play the way that, you know, that we wanted to. And I think it's a fair comment about the pitch. He also said the air sat in and kind of defended and broke. Again, I think that's a fair comment. But I also kind of thought... You know, we we we've probably played better football on worse pitches yeah, than yeah. that. I don't think the pitch was was that I bad. That was a talk like that. Um, but mm. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, he, he, it was it was McCarty and McCarty, as you say, constantly pinging long balls up to White and White. You could see White getting frustrated on at least mm. two occasions. He turned and had a go at whoever it was. I think it was one point he had a go at Tremarco for a aimless long ball in his vague direction. Um, and I don't know who they are. It might have even have been Ridgewood actually from a goal kick. So White was clearly getting frustrated mm. as well. But as you say, Vincent Trafford, Keaton to an extent, were getting bypassed. We, we, we with these high balls over the top, we never seemed to actually settle down and and really yeah. kind of get anything going at all. We just it, Ayers press just completely kind of like yeah. scared us. You when know, we engaged the in midfield at um, Somerset last time, you know, we didn't boss the game, but we certainly had a better opportunity mm. to win the match. Well, we survived an early, um, kind of yeah, not an early scare, but you know, they, 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 were, they were very good early. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, right, we're going to go on to uh, Alloa at home, 1st of February, 1-1 draw. Alloa's goal uh, is a penalty, uh, albeit a dubious one, conceded by Rooney, uh, and big Jordan White just he just brutalises a, a couple of defenders to bundle in his goal, but not a memorable game, Sav. No, I mean, this is already the fifth time we played Alloa this season, and we've still got one more game to go. Um, or at least one, depending on what happens the rest of the season. I'm getting pretty sick of playing these guys, to be honest, despite our, our decent record against them. Uh, what was quite interesting in, in this game was um, seeing Tom Walsh actually playing uh, behind Jordan White in the number 10 role. Um, I know a couple of people have, have, have talked yeah. about this before, um, suggesting he should get a chance there. I, I must admit, I don't remember him featuring there for us regularly before. He's tended to, Robertson's tended to play him on the... The left or the right. I think, so, he's, I think he's drifted in there from time yeah, to time. Yeah, he's drifted. Well, gives was, people the false idea that he's actually playing there, yeah, but his position yeah. is not yeah. rigidly. Yeah. I said in the first yeah. podcast that I quite fancied him there, and you went, but he's our best crosser. So I went, okay, I'll shut up then. Yeah. <laughs> did I say that? <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, 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 he did he did well. It was, it's, you know, it's, it's great having him back. I mean, he, he's another player. He's out of contract at the end of the season. I'm actually surprised maybe a couple of clubs aren't sniffing around him. Perhaps the injury issues this year have, have, have kind of put a move for him on the back burner I don't know but uh, no he, he did fine um, and obviously going into this game we mentioned McCartan Dawson going but we also had the kind of hammer blow that Rooney had signed a pre-contract with St Johnston um, but as I said earlier of on, which we'll talk about later yeah yeah but um, <laughs> but um, as as I said at the start his, his effort couldn't be faulted you know he was he was up and down again all day it's just you know classic Sean Rooney basically I personally don't think the Alloa penalty was as, so- it was, um, was as soft as some people have made out I think um I can't remember. Must have, I can't remember who it was who was breaking into the box, but it looked like uh, Rooney and Mackay kind of was combined. It, was to, it was it one of the many Aloha players I would happily see in the Cali Thistle journey next, Jersey next season? Oh, it could well be. I, I say, They've I got a lot of really good players. They do. They do. Yes. Yeah. Flanagan. At least two of those midfielders. Even the boy up front who's scoring all the goals. You know, they've got some really good guys, and these guys are playing 
They're playing part-time football, yeah. basically. So C- certainly, anyway, the game. My, my initial reaction was it was a penalty, and to be honest, it was more than they, no more than they deserved. They they created the better chances, and, and again for for the umpteenth time this season, they play really good football. You know, I remember this, the very first pod we did. I kind of joked about. Um, uh, Peter Grant Senior being a terrible appointment, but do you know what? He's got them playing good football. Yeah, I mean, we and, uh, stand corrected and, and, uh, and credit to why he, he does get a, a fair bit of abuse, but he worked really, really hard to to, to win the ball, uh, to get the ball down and, and score. However, having said that, he also did another classic white when he missed a, an easy opportunity pretty much right at the end when yeah. he headed over from a, a couple of yards out. Okay, Scottish Cup. Livingston at home, 8th of February, 1 0 win. Uh, the words of our unavailable colleague, Ross. Um, I believe he signed a pre contract with the Totally Football Show. <laughs> um, a really mature, controlled performance and actual singing in the North Stand. Um, a tinkering of the system and the shape saw us play three out and out central midfielders. And whenever Robbo's done this, we've tended to get a result, Andrew. Yeah, I think, um, the, I mean, as we mentioned earlier, like a, a really, really good win sent us into the quarterfinals. And um, as, uh, as people have mentioned on, on social media, you know, it's our 12th. 12th win uh, to get uh, 12 times sorry in the Scottish Cup quarter final in 26 seasons so truly I think we can safely say we are the pride of the Highlands you know? <laughs> yeah I just think, don't put it on the badge yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah the two it's, obvious sound like a loaf of bread <laughs> the two obvious really big talking points other than the the wind eh, sorry other than the, the victory itself are the wind you know the, the conditions mm. eh, to some extent um, but also the lineup change eh, well as Ross has already mentioned um, Welsh coming back in yeah three that, in midfield yeah, that's, what, that that's, what, midfield. That, that's what I know like he's, he's obviously doesn't change the tactics very often he hasn't done it against Dundee mm-hmm. United but he does it against Livingston because he concedes that Livingston are a better football team and yeah. we go and we win the football match Is, yeah. have we won that football match because he's played the three midfielders. Very probably, but then that really does suit the way uh, that Livingston played, because Livingston actually um, are a very, very kind of hard-working, fast-moving in midfield. They close down very quickly, and so you need to have that sort of barrier, that sort of solidity. You can't think that you're going to, um, I don't know, try and out-football them. You know? So uh, basically... <clears throat> He provides, he makes it very, very difficult for them to get through. He does that. And you've got a player like Welsh who's actually got the composure, who's not going to flap and slash at things under pressure. That makes a huge difference. It's not just the change of shape. It's actually the fact that the player you've got in there is Sean Welsh, who is composed, who will um, take the ball, shield it, build it up, will not, and, and will be looking for it and will not kind of flap. So I think that's really important. What's interesting to see is whether actually he goes on with that. Further, you know, further on in the season, and also whether it's um, it's got know, it's got to inform his, his. You'd think the success of it would, yeah. you know, um, all, all three of those midfielders, Trafford, Carson, and Welsh, they were all superb on Saturday. That, they were I all think, really I think good. I think Trafford's, people want to see that, don't they? Yeah, Trafford's a much better player when he's got a player like Welsh who gives him that composure alongside him. Well, yeah, when, when you have yeah. when you have a player who is essentially, you know, I, I think we all like Charlie Trafford here. He, 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 mm-hmm. he's, he, end of last season he really improved and he has improved this season as well but you know when you get down to the the, the the guts of it he's probably the least talented central midfielder that we have so when you have a player like that who is capable of really good games and you play him in a three that gives him the platform to, to do his best yeah. when you play him in a three and I think if we play in a three in the big games and we have our wide men maybe we get a wee couple of chances that's the best opportunity for us going forward. Yeah, I mean, the one thing is, though, you're talking about our wide men. I would be interested to see whether, with all our players fit, 
Story keeps his place in that team, or whether Walsh and Doran would be the player supporting Mike. Because I think Story is a less creative player than those two, and I think ideally I would like to see that midfield three, but I would like it to be Doran and Walsh yeah. being the creative players. Up St- ahead of Story them. actually turned up on the left hand side of, yeah. of, of of midfield, which I think surprised a few people. It's not something he'll work. Seen. You know, he will work. Oh yeah, work, absolutely. But yeah, it's just again, in terms you of cannot fault creating anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, well, so, uh, that, that's Scottish Cup. Um, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But um, um, as we look forward to the quarterfinals, we also take a look through the perilous cracks of the transfer window. Next. For McDonald, up the castle, Inverness men, Weechies, Hustle, Jenny Heavers, CCTV, PC's Pizzas, Tourist City, Farland Park, the Library, Spectrum Centre, Moggy Story, Cali Thistle, the Golden Mile, Music Centre, Matalan. Right, as mentioned at the top of the pod, the transfer window. It was left slightly ajar, unfortunately blew wide open as a result, and the sweaty meat hooks of two of the Premier League's resident Fagan-esque characters whispered tales of gold coins into the ears of our two wide-eyed centre-half urchins and spirited them away. Our pocket was well and truly picked boys. To lose one was always going to happen, but to lose two at the time, that was just depressing, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, losing um, Donaldson in the cart is just, uh, yeah, it's, it's not great. I mean, it's hard to think of a worse transfer window for us in recent seasons. You know, we, we don't concede that many goals and then we go and lose two of our starting centre uh, centre backs. Um, to teams that there's no reason to believe that, they, well, maybe St Johnston, not so much St Johnston now because they put in a good run of form, but there's no reason at the time to believe that we couldn't have ended up facing either of these guys in a, in a playoff game perhaps. Mm-hmm. Donaldson had wanted to go since the summer, but McCart had, yeah. he, had he expressed the same interest. D- McCart's an odd one because McCart, as recently as December, and I know you get a lot of this kind of chat when a player's contract is winding down. They say they're leaving it in the hands of their agent or whatever, or they're not thinking about it just now. But McCart had been very, very positive about his time at Inverness. I think there was an article in the Courier saying he, you know, he's absolutely loving life. He, Doesn't seem know, to be any negativity about no, the guy he, the way he, that Donaldson he, was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but Donaldson, by all accounts, was was very much pushing for this move, and as you say, he's been pushing for it for a long time. So I think he had made it clear to the club he wanted to go. McCart, I'm not so sure about. Um, you know, allegedly we we've, we've brought in you know a wee bit of money and stuff for. For, for Donaldson and, and, and McCart, um, you know, just shy of like 100 grand or something like that for them. But when, it, when you weigh it up, losing them, potentially slipping out of second place, is that worth taking 100 grand now? I mean, obviously it's hard to tell, but, you know, we could find ourselves in May kind of thinking, God, I wish we kept them for another so few do we months. Think, do we think that, has McCart pushed for this transfer? Or would he, would he have been happy sitting out till... I, I would imagine St Johnson have made it clear they've wanted to get him in and, and we've probably just taken the money to be honest. I, I, given I, the position, given, yeah. the, given that I was watching the game the once he was signed, I think he was signed and a couple of days later they were playing Celtic. 3-0 down at half time and he came on at half time. Yeah. And they didn't see it in the second half. Which oh, is I mean, probably St. just Celtic. Take St, the St Johnson fans are already talking very positively about the yeah. guy. You know, yeah. And, and he's, he's clearly a good footballer. Um, I mean, part of me kind of thinks, you know, you could probably do better than St Johnson, but I suppose the main thing is they can offer Premiership football, and that's something we can't do just now. Yeah, going back quickly to the, to the Donaldson one. Um, normally, when something like this happens, you know the kind of the bitter side of you comes out, and you want to, you want to have a tantrum and call them all the things under the sun. But there's another side of me that always tries to be really rational and and kind of say, well, no, you know, it's a short career and. You know, he agreed to pay for us for £250 a week and, you know, he might not get the chance again and all this sort of stuff. And I want to get, you know, this also side of me that does that. So 
I was personally delighted when I heard the story about him apparently turning up to training on his final day at Cali Stadium wearing a wearing his county shirt. Yeah, it was. Uh, he, he, no, he, I, he turned up to collect his like belongings or yeah, something or stuff out of his and locker. I just thought, and I Ross brilliant. County training. What, what an absolute prick! I can just yeah. absolutely. Well, apparently, just let Scott, Scott Garner didn't let him in the building. Yeah, it just it's good. No, it's so good. fair play to Scott Garner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you just kind of um, go. It just makes me yeah. kind of like allow myself to kind of think what an absolute prick, yeah. you know, um, which is great, you know. And the thing is, I think the other thing about that is if he's behaved really badly, he's burning his bridges pretty spectacularly in a way that McCart doesn't seem to have done, you know, yeah. because there's no guarantee it's going to go well for McCounty. There's no guarantee County are going to stay up. Donaldson, for all that he's quite classy looking coming out of defence, is always one lackadaisical brain fart away from being caught halfway up the field on his arse yeah. with someone streaking through and goal and him looking stupid, you know. Well, and that can happen. That happens too many times uh, at another club. And he could be coming back to us trying to say, you know, I was a hero with you. Well, uh, listen, you're signing me. You know, if, he, and if, he went, if he went up to the Premier League with us, if he went up to the Premier League with us in the summer and he did that in the Premier League with us, his brain fart is halfway mm. up the pitch, that's acceptable. Because we'll we'll let that we'll, we'll we won't go on at him for exactly, it because yeah. so because he's achieved that well, yeah. but he goes to another club who's achieved yeah. nothing with mm-hmm. and he does that yeah he absolutely pillaged well, that's it, away. yeah you know uh, whereas McCart seems to have played it really well I mean I've got absolutely no idea um, how much McCart wanted to go but he seemed to keep his mouth shut there were no rumours coming out of the club about him having you know thrown his toys out of his pram or anything like that yeah. you know the fact is that it was clear that the club were absolutely desperate to get any money for him straight yeah. away you know yeah. people talk about this thing about well could we not have gambled you know if we finish third rather than second then we're actually losing more money they wouldn't you know they didn't play him against air they didn't play him against Alawa. the moment that deal was agreed you yeah, know, they were right. like we yeah. are we are wrapping him in cotton wool yeah you know? exactly yeah. so yeah. Um, it was clear that they are they're absolutely putting that first you know and Fair enough. I, yeah. I would imagine McCart probably said he'd be he'd be quite keen to go, but only if Inverness actually got a decent deal. And also, we we shouldn't forget the fact that you know uh, Mitch Curry he he left as well, just in case anyone forgot about him. Yeah, I had forgot about. Him. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, well, that's, as I said, you know, we we, we don't we okay don't, we don't okay. concede an awful lot, but well, we've lost our two defenders. Well, we don't listen. score enough, and we've lost an attacking option. Listen, the Kings are dead. Long live the King. Nine clubs, one hundred games. The Saviour, Lewis Toshney. Celtic, County, Cowdenbeath, Wraith, Kelly, Breakin, Dundee United, Dundee and Falkirk, and he's only 27. Uh, I think a knee injury has curtailed his apps for, for most clubs, and it meant he didn't play a single game for our both or Breakin in his two loan spells there. Uh, he only played nine games for County, and he only played eight for his last cup, Falkirk, this season. Uh, but I'm suggesting there's a, there's a reason that we let two centre-backs go, and we only brought in one, because uh, for Tosh, as he's going to be called, obviously. Um, Imaginary. His best is yet to come. His best is yet to come. Uh, he's a right-sided centre-back. He can also play right-back. Sound familiar? So he could also so he could slot in alongside McHattie if he get this McHattie continues his good form. He's been capped at, albeit a while ago, uh, under 17, 19, 21 level. So there's there's definitely a player in there. There's a definitely a skill level in there. He was coached came through the Celtic youth team. So, and if that, didn't, if that doesn't convince you, uh, Ray McKinnon... Paid, I think, fifty grand for him when he was Dundee rated manager. Maybe that doesn't convince <laughs> you, Andrew. Uh, okay, I'll go. Um, I have absolutely no idea. You know, I, it's a risk, uh, but that's what we do. You know, Sean Welsh was exactly the same yeah. sort of risk, and it's sort of paid off in that he's our best player when he's fit. But how often is he fit? Yeah. Tom Walsh, to some extent, I think had injuries early on in his career as well. I've absolutely no idea. You're right. There's a player in there. I think I would rather 
we had someone we could rely on, yeah. you know, in terms of fitness. But then we've got McCarty and McCarty. That, that, so. That's that's who we have. That's, yeah, that, in, I mean, in our wage structure, that's exactly. That's 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 and that, we've we've said that before. And, this is what, what and, we and are. It's, it's us, a classic so. Inverness sign, especially under Robertson. You, you sign someone who is you know when we signed Donaldson, people laughed at us for signing Donaldson. He turned out you know not too bad for us, all things considered. The same with Welsh, as you mentioned. Um, you know, there's no reason to believe that maybe Toshney couldn't do the same. Mm-hmm. And another thought, obviously, we brought Callum Harper back from. Elgin City where he was on loan um, maybe next season if Tremarco's still about could he do something similar to Ross Tolkien and move inside to go into a centre-back role with his advancing years I don't know maybe. I don't know about that I think Tremarco's kind of lack of physical stature is always a bit of a worry for me there mm. if he's playing as a sweeper maybe behind a really big reliable attacking centre-half if you're, if you're playing a two, two centre-halves and you're mm. looking to if we're in the championship next season you're looking to get into the playoffs. Um, you can't go into a season with Tremarco as no, one of the centre-halves. I would agree. Yeah, I know he's not coming to us until the summer, but I just thought it would be worth mentioning Shane Sutherland, you know, because obviously it's one of the two signings we've actually made. Um, people, I think, are a bit on the fence about this one, you know. They want him to come back and do well. He seems to have been, you know, really prolific at the clubs he's been at since he left us. One of the strange stats, which I hadn't realised until I kind of looked into it, is that as far as I can see, he's never played in the second tier. Does that sound right to you? Uh, I'm not too sure. Actually, I yeah. don't think he has. Yeah, I don't think he will. Have, well, I mean, of course, he will have played. For, he'll have played for us when we were in the Premiership, and yep. obviously, he's had time with like was it Peter Head and yeah, but never, Elmer never in second So three seasons for us in the SPL. Yeah, um, which you know he was a young player coming mostly off the bench, played 77 times for us in the yeah. SPL, which is bizarre. But God yep. knows how many minutes he actually got. Probably about 77. Um, a single season in the third tier with Peter Head, five and a half seasons in the fourth tier with Elgin, and a se- half a season with Peter Head in the fourth tier. So actually, I can see people's concerns about him potentially not being able to make the step up, step up you know um i was trying to think if we've got any precedents for him you know have we signed a player that's kind of stepped up from that level and gone on to do really well and two divisions probably not two divisions yeah i mean john i mean john Baird was an older player and wasn't coming up that far was he in fact well, he R- richie hart would have come to us well um, that was what i was thinking this, yeah. the highland league players we signed a lot of young yep. hungry highland league players think, who came through with us yeah. but yeah. it's a bit of a gamble well, i think you find a lot of players um maybe do do that and still do that. A, young, a lot of young players do that, but the key word there is young. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, guy will be, the guy will be 30 years old by the yeah, time. So we're signing a 30, yeah, that's 30 right. year old guy that's been for yeah. Elgin for the last like, five, six, seven years to to what? To be a bench warmer? Yeah. But oh. then is he any bigger a gamble than, you know, I don't know, Zushin or, well, actually, that wasn't, yeah. that's not a very good example because he was shy. I would, I, would but, suggest, uh, I would suggest that he's going to be a squad player next season. He'll uh-huh. play up front when needed and he'll, and he'll cost absolutely nothing. Think, and he'll get a really small wage. I think this is it. That he's not a massive gamble, is he, financially? You know, um, Ross mentioned, actually, that Robbo's actually said that he wants Sutherland joining with the fitness of a full-time player. That's probably why he's not come this season. Mm. That he wants him to maybe, you know, up his training before then, join us um, early in the summer, get that full pre-season ahead of him. Maybe mentioning the Darren McCauley situation as someone who kind of joined us in January and was just... Well, that ended well, of course. Well, so, but, yeah, I mean, Darren yeah. McCauley looked particularly fat, even for a part-time footballer, so I'm sure... Yeah. sure Sutherland it's not as bad as that yeah, well, I suppose we were after Sutherland allegedly about a year ago in the January transfer yeah. in 2019 so it's probably not too much of a surprise that he has returned but uh, yeah Ho- hopefully he does well for us um, especially seeing as I managed to convince a girl that I was she in Sutherland when I was at a party in Aberdeen one night that ended quite well for did me did you score? yes good well, were, you, were you looking quite More fat, than fat at the time? no how dare you <laughs> <laughs> ok on to the championship let's cast our eyes over 
over the marketplace, who's been purchasing rotten apples from uh, Ian Beale's stall, and who's had the MasterCard out at Waitrose. Looking at our playoff rivals first, Ayr have added more goals and some midfield experience have been brought in three loans, including uh, Irish forward Aaron Drinnan from Ipswich, who's already scored, plus two permanent signings in Grant Gillespie, ex of Hamilton, and Jordan Houston from Rangers, who was on loan but has signed. Uh, Dundee, not content with signing an entire team in the summer, they've now brought in another six players. The off-the-scale wage bill now includes Ross Callahan, a loan from St Johnston, formerly of Hearts, Connor Hazard, the goalie from Celtic, which suggests he'll play, Christy Elliott from Carlisle, a name you'll recognise from Park Thistle, and of course, surplus to requirements own goal savant, uh, Christoph Berra from Hearts. Uh, the Pars have got five in, including the Welsh painter on loan from Hamilton, the goalie. <laughs> uh, young striker Ethan Ross from Aberdeen, who's uh, quite well thought of. Dom Thomas, uh, who's a name you'll also recognise if you listen to um, uh, Sports Sound, uh, from Killy, who's at 10 and 14 for Dumbarton this season, and somebody called Jonathan Afolabi from Celtic. Do we think any of these signings are going to make a difference, perhaps give these, perhaps give these teams an advantage over us? Well, I mean, obviously we saw a couple of the air signings in our recent loss at um, Somerset. Uh, Drennan looked pretty useful. He was um, mm-hmm. kind of bodying Mackay, especially into the ground a lot of the time. Um, we really did struggle with his uh, height. And he, he, just, he was really quite pacey for, you know, cliche alert, a big guy up front. Um, you know, so Drennan? Yes, uh, yeah, he, he was he was really kind of um, giving our guys a runabout. And also Stephen Kelly, who scored the goal, he looked pretty like he's the young lad on loan from Rangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's been good all season. He's, he's yeah, been yeah. good all season. Um, yeah. So, okay, so, okay I, I thought you'd sign in January. Apologies. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he, he looks um, good anyway. Uh, but no, I generally looks like an especially useful uh, attacking option for them up front. Um, you asked me about Air United or just uh, yeah. teams generally? Well, yeah, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, Grant Gillespie has been a solid performer for Hamilton for a long time, um, but he's a name I know rather than someone who I can actually visualise his contribution to a team, so um, I don't know. Well, I think Drennan uh, looked very good against us, actually. Scott Tiffany's in as well, is that right? Um, I've, yeah, I've seen his He was a good player for Martin, but obviously didn't quite make it at Livingston. I think, their, I think their main so, one for here is like yeah, one and so, one out, because Doolin's gone. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and Drennan's come Not in, and, and the other one is Gillespie. Well, it's, it's experience in midfield. And I don't think that they necessarily have that in midfield a lot. Well, Drennan is obviously an upgrade in Doolan because Doolan did absolutely nothing yeah, for them. Yeah. Well, speaking of experience in midfield, McKinnon going to Park Thistle is um, you know, a, a quite big sign in terms of um, getting some experience well, in there. And we'll also, deal with them when I'm dealing with the bottom of the league. Crap. <laughs> well, I, I, I was going to say, I'm actually, even though I'm, I'm just deli- these three teams just now. Even though I'm delighted that. Um, We've got Hibs in the Scottish Cup. There's a point the Park Thistle game is uh, going to have to be rearranged because I was quite looking forward to uh, Sean Rooney uh, welcoming back Brian Graham with maybe like a karate kick to the throat or yeah, something yeah, like that. That'd oh, be that'll quite happen. Good. What about, what about <clears throat> Dundee? I mean, as I said, they've, they signed a whole team in the summer. Uh, mm. He's signed six players again just now. They're absolutely th- they're, they're throwing yep. everything at it. Yep. I think, obviously, to get as high in the playoffs as... Because they're not going to really... To get as high in the playoffs as they possibly can yep. with a ridiculous <clears> wage <throat> bill. And they're, they're not going to go up. They're never going to go up. No. They, even if they, fin- if they finish fourth, third, whatever, they won't get anywhere in the playoffs. So, what, did they then chuck the money at again this season? I mean, and and as, to be honest with you, though, with the six players that Dundee have signed, if you look at that team, you look at that squad, on paper... That is a team that should be winning the league, if not going over Dundee United's shoulder. Yeah, one of the things that struck me is that I think that one that Dundee are not a particularly exciting, dynamic team going forward, and I thought they would probably have signed 
someone with a bit more presence creatively. Whereas what they've done is they seem to want to show up from the back, signing Berra and Elliot. Elliot both, Callahan, both potentially yeah. good players. I mean, you would assume that Berra will be absolutely fine at this level. I did notice something, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, but you know, some kind of established journalist using one of the most lazy pieces of vocabulary ever ever describing Berra as an inspired signing and it's quite the opposite I mean it's an absolute no-brainer if you're a club like Dundee that are prepared to throw money then he's yeah. the biggest name defender who's you know coming down there who's got experience of course they're going to sign it's not inspired at all it's basically a you know well surely he can do it yeah. you know an inspired yeah. signing is something that yeah. comes out of nowhere that no one's ever thought of anyone would have taken him whether or not he's actually going to make much of a difference to them as a team going forward, I have no idea. I can't say no much about Callahan in an attacking sense, but one of the things about Dundee is that their forwards have just let them down big still this yeah. season. Kane Hemmings has been absolutely nothing. Yeah. Danny Johnson was fairly heralded. He's going to he's, yeah, Exactly, he's he's out already. You know, um, who's the other Nelson as well? Seems to have under, underperformed this season. So the entire the entire team yeah, is underperformed. I mean, have, I'm just surprised that he's still in a job. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, go to Dunfermline. Tactics Tombola from uh, Crawford. You, you don't know what you're going to get. The Dunfermline mm. fans think that. The home, you know, the away fans think that. Crawford probably thinks that himself. You know, he plays defensive midfielders and attacking positions and defensive attacking players in defensive positions. He changes the team, chops and changes it all the time. But yet again, he a little bit, a little bit like McPeak. He gets a result from time to time. So that's why they're in the mix. Yeah. True. I mean, I think Dom Thomas looks like a good sign, and you know he's been a pretty solid player in the past three. I think Motherwell and then Kilmarnock. Um, Ethan Ross is just one of a number of Aberdeen players that seems to kind of bump around. It's Scott Wright's another one. You know, they kind of like seem to get a few games in the first team, don't quite fit into you know the system, and end up going out. Um, so I don't really know how good he is because I remember you know they've had that Aberdeen have been doing that for years producing these players like Fergus Tiernan and whoever that people say he's going to be the next big thing and then you know they end up kind of you know slaving around Victoria Park you know so Ross might be another one of those I've no idea the other thing about them of course Dunfermline is that they've lost Greg Kilty um, end of loan they've lost um, the two Hearts players McDonald and Cochrane you know, who so made they no impact to... at all well no although McDonald's gone straight back into the Hearts first team you know but I, I, I agree I don't think they did that but I don't think he played a game for Dunfermline you know, he did I think but I don't, he, was, he certainly it was wasn't a regular mi- minimal but, but yeah. Kilty was alright for them was yeah. he not I think no he he's did. very good huh? yeah so I think that's a big loss so whether they're just um, replacing you know, replacing what they've lost. I don't know if they've actually improved or not. I don't know. And from Williams, doesn't convince. Okay, so what we're seeing from our promotion rivals, the biggest uh, impact that anyone's going to make is probably drilling at air. I would mm-hmm. think so. Yeah. Yeah, and and air look probably the best of them anyway as well. Yeah. So um, good, yeah. but good, good a, signing a, from a, them. A good team potentially getting better. It's going to be a real challenge for us to hold on to second place. Okay. Uh, as for the rest, uh, we'll just go over this very very quickly. Uh, a couple of words from both of us. Uh, both of my colleagues rather as for the rest uh, Aloha who already have goals in their team everyone else has signed someone you'd expect to score goals uh, Arbroath have taken in Craig Whiten on loan from Hearts they've let Greg Spence go to Steny plus they've got Dale Hilson from 4-4 they've got a couple of loans Morton have signed Chris Doolan from Ayr on a permanent deal along with three others Partick have brought in eight players mainly from Rangers uh, loans and permanent signings but also uh, pre-mentioned Darian McKinnon from Hamilton and uh, big Brian Graham from Dingwall and Aloha have four players on loan from Sunderland Hibs and Rangers and interestingly enough or not have signed Scott Banks from Crystal Palace the formerly 
uh, highly thought of Dundee United youngster. Are any of these guys going to save any of these teams from the drop or propel them to the heights of the giants of the division, such as of ourselves and Air? Yeah, I mean, you look at McKinnon and Graham, you think that's surely enough to, you know, get a few results for Partick Thistle. You know, unless McKinnon half someone in the first game, you know, puts his boot through their windpipe and ends up in jail. Um, it's interesting, I've always quite liked the way McCall plays football, but he obviously seems to be going for the big dirty bastard um, second half of the season here, you know. Um, but I think that'll be fine for them. Um, who else do we mention? Our both actually, I think they'll be fine. And Helson for Doris looks quite good to me. Doris has gone the other way to Forfar. He made no impact at all this season as far as I could see, but Dale helson has been, you know, a, a pretty good goal scorer for Forfar for, for a few seasons now. You know, whether he makes a step up or not, we don't know, or whether he's a, you know, what we were worried about with Shane Sutherland, but Okay, well, we basically signed Westlife, so that's four signings right there. Where'd you want to drink? Well, 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 the Glen Alvin, the Thistolin, the Jolly Cooper, the Castle Tavern, Cupcus Jockster, Dimes of Gallon, the City Bar, number 27, Phoenix Slaughters, Love to Love, Cake Exchange, and Mambo's Hush, Heapies, Jeebies, Gunnies, Riley's, Burgies, Keelmore, Hoop, and Onnies. Right, let us cast an eye upon the next month of football and it's not your regular month of uh, soccer ball in a season that will see us play Alawa six times. Is that right, sir? For the sixth time, yeah. Six times. Yeah. Uh, and travel to Dundee four times. Is that right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> at least. Play- playoffs uh, depending. At least. Uh, ICT have fixtures against new opposition, those being Rangers Colts in the Challenge Cup semis and oh. Hibs in the Scottish quarters. Uh, well, only one of the next four matches at the time of recording will be played on a Saturday at three o'clock. So let's kick off with the young boys of Ibrox on the 16th. By the time people get round to listening to this, the game will, will probably have been played. So no need to spend too much time, uh, too much too long rather, on a, on a game and a competition. Not many people are actually interested in it. Unless, of course, uh, you have, you're have you a Rangers fan with an IV postcode. A lovely bunch they are, Andrew. I've said before, I really hate having the Colts in this competition. <clears throat> it's not for us to um, have our competitions diluted to help Rangers develop their own youngsters. If, if Rangers want to develop these these young guys, play them or let them go out on loan. So so both Rangers and Inverness or whoever might benefit. It's of no benefit to us to have Rangers like young lads um, getting better for Rangers. Well, is Rangers it not a benefit, it's not a benefit to have to three or 4,000 people at the stadium though? I'm sure, like the bean counters at Inverness, are probably quite delighted having like the Rangers supporters, Smithton Supporters Club, coming along and stuff. And you can imagine all the Rangers fans in Inverness. Like, how do you how do you feel about that? I just I I don't care. I just uh, I've, I've I don't care about this game. I'll, I'll I'll watch it on Alba, but I have absolutely zero intentions of going to. It's it's a shame uh, that the away fans will probably outnumber the home fans, but it's what it is. It's um, funny for... we get three or four thousand people <clears throat> coming to Cali Stadium and don't actually like football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Friday 21st of February uh, Friday Night Lights is an American sports drama series about an American football team that also explores many themes of contemporary culture racism, drugs, a lack of economic opportunities which brings us to Dundee uh, we've got to win one, against them, one game against them this season surely I'd hope so but I have a feeling we're going to get absolutely killed in this game to be perfectly <laughs> honest um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have high hopes for this one. I mean, Shankland is Shankland going to Shankland basically, as far as I'm mm. concerned. Um, and, and their defence actually looks now they've actually realised that um, 
uh, not Reynolds. Who's the other centre back they've got? Uh, seems to fall over all the time. Donnelly. No, is it, it Donnelly? Is it Connolly? Sorry, Connolly. Yeah, yeah. Connelly, so now they've yeah. actually realised yeah. that he guy. isn't yeah. actually that good. I think they've kind of like punted him out of the team uh, in some recent games, and they look a lot better as a result of it. So, yeah. what I consider to be Dundee United's biggest weak spot, their defence is suddenly not so weak after all. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll compete better in the midfield if Welsh is fit. You know, um, and they have shaded a wee bit recently. You know, um, losing one, to our well, one at home defeat to our broth. That was. Uh, uh, a one-one drop with Morton just mm. before that. Actually, obviously the the Scottish Cup Hibs games don't mean so much, and they had that draw against um, Dundee as well. You know they had a pretty convincing win against Partick between times. But yeah, I think they've been slightly less convincing recently. Mm-hmm. I just think that the likes of Shanklin, McMullen, Clark, maybe Declan Glass has come in again, hasn't he? Uh, against star defenders, Pfft, yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll, I think we'll compete, but we'll probably lose three-one. Yeah. Well, as I say, we've got we've got to, we've got to beat them at some point. We don't. There's no law that oh. says we have to beat them. <laughs> I'd like to. I'd like. Well, there should be. Just because you're rubbing your lucky gonk about it, there it's should, just, there there's should be. No. There should be. I wish I had lucky gonk. It would, it would right. Okay. So from <clears throat> a Friday night in Dundee to a Tuesday night in Fife, what's to do on a Tuesday night in Fife? I hear you ask. Well, we looked into this, and apart from Dunfermline v Inverness at East End Park on 25th of February if you don't fancy that you can go to Beauty and the Emotion in a Domestic Space exhibition at Rothes Hall Tia Bard the Dunfermline Burns exhibition or a tribute to Ariana Grande at the Loch Gelly Centre Sub, Sub, Sub you'll presumably be at Ariana Grande I will be at that with bells on <laughs> do you know what I thought you would break up with your girlfriend um, yeah um, what was I going to say um, yeah I mean as you say first news of um Tuesday games for us uh, was it Morton and Queen of the South and potentially an hour one I suppose when that party game gets uh, rearranged so a real busy end of the season uh, that seems to be the norm for us in, in recent years um, I suppose on the plus side in our last three games against the, the, the Pars we've we've won them without seeing a goal so you know it's a positive thing there yeah. um, but also you need to be aware of someone like uh, Nisbet who has managed to score more goals this season than White, Doran, Keatons and Todorov combined no, He's not scored a lot of goals against us though has he? No, he hasn't, no. but he's still a goal scorer. So I think yeah. Dunfermline are all about where you get them in their bipolar cycle. Yeah, to be honest, they are just they are just kind real, of real, crazy, real peak and trough. We we caught them in a downswing last time. Um, I think they'd gone. I think it was something like three league wins in a row, and then we caught them at second of five league defeats in a row, and now they've suddenly had three, sorry, two wins in a row. So are they going to kind of? Enough, you know, or are they going to are they going to start swinging? They just they don't seem to do draws. I think so, you know? Sometimes, you know, obviously, they're, they're... you know, you talk about stats and go, oh, a team hasn't won against this team for you know twenty five matches, which is a pointless stat. It's a pointless stat. I know, but but but, but in a season, if a team doesn't mm. win against a team, then it's the same. It's, it's the same dressing. Room. It's so that dressing room might you know that dressing room. Well, we not, haven't beaten. It's not even just not winning against a team. They just seem to go on these runs, yeah. you know. And I mean, their own supporters have talked about that. I mean, their own supporters, if you see them in like in forums, football forums, like Pound or whatever, seem to be you know like they're like, oh my god, he's got to go. He's got to go. Oh no, actually, he's fine. You know, I and mean, he's been like that for two seasons. Yeah, now, Crawford. Yeah. These runs of absolute shit are are, are something very good. You know? Okay, uh, 29th of February or the 1st of March, Scottish Cup quarter-final v Hibs. In our season, another Scottish Cup quarter-final. Better if it was a home game, maybe, uh, but Hibs under under Ross post-transfer window, they're an entirely different beast to the hecking bottom ball that was that was deployed at the start of the season. Different football, different dodge up front, scoring goals, um, different, different partner, McNulty, who I saw in soft play the other day. <laughs> um, Omionga in midfield 
Docky Elmone from Rangers looks really good. Uh, I, I, so I watched the game the other night. They look, they look very, very good. Played 4-4-2 in that match, but they can also play 4-5-1, 4-3-3, different options. This is a task and a half, so. Yeah, it's a, it's a really difficult one. Um, it looks like this game might end up being Friday night, which is a bit of a shame, because um, I think we would have taken a reasonable number of uh, fans down for this one, because Hibs away does seem to be a favourite amongst the Inverness support, and rightly so. It really is a cracking away day. Um, we're, we're, it's, you'd imagine it's going to be Hibs progressing here, um, you know, for obvious reasons. However, what I would say, like people point to Dodge and say he's got a great goal scoring record. Sorry, fifteen goals this season. Yeah, but he seems to he seems to have gone on a little purple patch where he scored a number of goals in a short space of time, and he's not been that prolific over a consistent basis in recent matches. He's still obviously a threat. I think with Milton, he's more of a threat actually. He's he's come in and he scored what four goals or something in four goals a in couple two of games. games. So I think he's um, you know more of a threat. But yeah, we're we're going to have to be our very best to get anything from this game. But looking forward to you know Scottish Cup quarter final. Hibs away what's not to love about that I think the real talent in their team actually lies in midfield though with Allen and yes. Boyle but it does depend if they turn up you know yeah. if those two are on form they could really tear us apart yeah. the other thing as well is I think their defence looks pretty rusty yep. you know um, I don't think it's changed that much since they won the Scottish Cup and you know I, I don't think it's, changed, it's not changed in about 10 years <laughs> yeah, I, um, which you know I could say you know they're, they're, you know, you know, classic model but actually I think I think some of them are starting to look pretty creaky well McGregor, um, McGregor was at soft play as well and, and he was creaking getting out of there was he, uh, yeah. soft balls well, yeah. you say McGregor um, Hanlon Whitaker they looked I mean they looked very vulnerable against yeah. BS, BSC BS, yeah. what's that but it's BSC yeah, it's sports club. Yeah, isn't yeah. that? Yeah, um, mad cow disease. But, but yeah, bovine spongiform, whatever it is. Right? <laughs> um, they did, but okay. Obviously, the wind played a played a, a a role in that. But I still thought that they were kind of, you know, clambering about all over the place. So there might be there might be some joy for us. Although I hate the idea of us lobbing in high balls. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point to like flag up um, Scott Allen because um, yeah, I mean, you saw last night he destroyed Ross County with some of his through balls. So he's a player we're definitely have to watch out for. Okay, I don't have a link out for this. <laughs> link out. Inverness, what the hell? How you doing? No water cell for shitty weather, drugs and business. Inverness is a fucking business. Okay, if you're a county fan or any number of a uh, hundred dickhead trolls on social media, then as far as you're concerned, Cali thistle is an endangered species. 25 years of amazing spectacle, the most sustainable and successful journey to the top flight that any club has made in that time was about to come to an end. We were going to go the way of the Dodo, the way of Clydebank, the way of Third Lanark, Scott Sport, and any decent episodes of Only an Excuse. Non-existent. <laughs> Except we weren't, and we haven't. The statement from the club in the last week outlines that we raised 100k, uh, we not only raised it but we surpassed it, added to that we've had a transfer window which has netted the club over 100k, I mean these are numbers that even Brian Rice would be impressed with itself, no? I think so, um, I mean it's, it's good that we've got this money together, it's just are we going to repeat this again this time next year, because um, ever since we've gone down we've continued to lose money hand over fist despite making, as we said before, cuts after cuts after cuts. So why are we still losing so much money? That, that That's what I'd like to know. Um, so whilst it is encouraging that we've obviously met these targets, we really shouldn't be in a position next season where you know we're, we're having to do the same thing all over again. I, I think that what Gardner and Morrison have done, I don't think it can be underestimated. I think that we've had a, we had a couple of chairmen before now who all they've done is just given sound bites, they've given press releases badly written press releases and that's it that's all they've done 
Whereas Morrison has actually gone out there and met with fans and met with businesses and tried to engage yeah. rather than just like talking nonsense and, and just going <clears throat> going for it, right, I'm going to reach for... So the previous chairman, they reached for the sky. They try and go, right, I'm going to get 500 grand from here, 250 grand from here. Whereas Morrison's actually going to, and Gardner's going to loads of different business contacts and try going. And, and if these guys hadn't, we can sit here and go, right, okay, this isn't important, this isn't football. And it isn't, but if these two guys hadn't have done what they've done over the past six months, the football club would not be competing in any division next season. One of the things I do wonder about is whether they are almost bold enough to set their projected income um, very low in terms of what they get through the turnstiles, in terms of uh, walk-up fans and season tickets. Because I suspect that um, in the past, the club has probably budgeted on far higher season ticket sales and walk-up um, sales than we've actually got. And that's something that doesn't look like it's changing anytime soon. You know, So if what they are doing is able to get us back in a situation where they can then realistically budget for crowds of, what, 1,800? Is that realistic? Oh, I think, I mean, the, yeah. the way crowds look at the minute, you're probably close to about 1,400. Right. We shouldn't sure. be budgeting crowds of fourteen. No, but that's what we, you're we saying. Should, we should, you're that's... saying we shouldn't be, but will they do it? Because yeah. if that's a reality, then we have to do it. Otherwise, it's just basically getting digging that hole again. Mm. You know, they have to budget realistically about the crowds we're going to get. You know, so I'm just wondering about that. So it's, I think it's too early to see well, it. Look, it looks like they're trying to get other uh, avenues because you're talking about this like, small business uh, Oh, the small what, the ICT twenty five. So, yeah, so yes, everyone uh, you're putting a thousand pounds or two thousand pounds, five thousand pounds, and you can get these benefits. Most people yep. probably wouldn't want. Maybe some businesses would take the benefits. Yep. Some individuals would probably give a thousand pounds. We've always got a couple of um, concerts in the summer and stuff at the yeah, stadium that'll but, bring a bit of money. So in. what they're seeing is like the con- two con- a concert will bring in what hundred grand apparently. Um, this is a uh, new uh, business thing will take in another hundred grand. It's two hundred grand right there. So that's additional revenue that we've not had before and we haven't had a business structure for. Mm-hmm. And that business structure will account for that. And then hopefully we'll be able to pay maybe not more money to players, but certainly be able to maybe increase a couple of hundred pounds to the players that actually we've got at the moment and keep them mm-hmm. on. Because well, at the end of the day, it's a good place to play football. Yeah. Well, one of the things that makes Scottish football a bit different from English football, especially obviously, you know, Premiership. I'm not comparing Scottish Championship with English Premiership directly, is but the, the amount of money... That English clubs get only a small amount of that really comes from ticket sales. So much of it comes from TV, whereas in Scottish football, the majority of clubs' income comes from ticket sales. So Inverness really does need to try. Well, unless and, you have a sugar daddy. Well, unless you have a sugar daddy, yes. Uh, but Inverness really does. You know, Inverness need to try and like boost our attendances somehow. And you know, it's something we asked on Twitter for questions for the pod and stuff. And, and a couple of people came back with a similar kind of question. You know, d- d- has the club? maybe kind of taken you know fans for granted you know and, and we just kind of let them drift away without really doing much to try and keep them engaged you know should well, we be- can a- we can answer that question right now the answer to that is yes yeah. the people that have been in charge of this football club in previous times in previous tenures yeah. have taken not just the club mm-hmm. but the players everybody the supporters everyone that works and they've taken everything yeah. for granted because yeah. they've only been there because it's a figurehead position yeah well, and so, they've, so- they've done absolutely nothing to help the club in fact they've done things to put us set us back one person in particular. Yeah, well, the, the, the club always the club needs to right that wrong then, but I mean, what realistically could they do within the current financial constraints that they have to operate under to try and improve the match day experience, to try and get fans coming this back to the This is the thing. We, we all want to improve the match day experience, but what the two guys are doing at the moment is is, is, is fantastic. And, and I know, obviously, Riley's part of the pod. Riley talks to these guys a lot. You know, that's on, that's on the agenda, but you've got to try and get the club on the right foot, the right financial foot first. And once I think they, we've done that, I think that'll be addressed. 
I do think that'll be addressed. Um, okay, what we, we do have to address, though, is there's a line in that statement that suggests, and I quote, serious concerns about the current levels of support for the Youth Academy. This is laying uh, the groundwork for a reduction in the youth setup. Project Brave, it's it's not sustainable for a club like this, and, and we're hamstrung by it, are we not? Well, I mean, Livingston and Falkirk, they both canned their youth setups, didn't they, mm. in like recent yeah. seasons? So I mean, it wouldn't be. It would be. It would be a real shame, especially when you see some of the. Would it know, be a shame? Would it be a shame? Yes, I mean, it absolutely would be a shame. How many players have we brought through in ten years? I don't. That's not the point. The point is, it would be a shame. That's not to say it's not. I mean, hard nosed. No, I'm all for community engagement, but not 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 so the the club goes down the drain. Yeah, no, but that's exactly what I'm saying. It would be a shame, but that's not to say that the hard-nosed decision would not be the right one if they were to can it. I think it's a shame because everyone likes to see young players coming through. Everyone's got a massive amount of pride with those young players coming through. I would love us to be a team that kind of sustains itself through youth development. You know, I think it probably won't happen, though. But it would absolutely be a shame. I mean, a shame in the way that there are many aspects of football kind of changing, you know, that we kind of think it would be nice if we could kind of, you know, cling on to that. Um, Project Brave isn't going anywhere, um, so we have to candidly assess the fact that whether the youth system is actually going to, you know, ever be able to pay for itself. If Ryan Christie, say for argument's sake, um, gets sold for about well, fifteen million, and if what people are saying is correct that we've got twenty percent sell on, which I doubt personally, but someone said the club oh, announced that. That'd be phenomenal. Yeah, I just, I just can't see it. Um, but someone was saying that, saying that that had been confirmed. That would bring us two million pounds. How much would that pay for in terms of youth development? And I think he's a one-off. I, I don't. You know, I don't think um, that should so. pay for youth development. I think I should play for the sustainability of the club going forward, and not necessarily youth development. Yeah, I know what you mean. Although if the club had kind of like maybe kind of been sustainable in the first place, but in common with many other clubs, it kind of tried to speculate and it didn't quite work because Scottish football, you know, speculation was something. So I don't know. You're probably right, but I think it will be a shame if it's canned. Well, okay, for all the financial uncertainty of recent times, it looks like hopefully soon for the short term at least we'll be back on track. What would be more worrying is if the club was run as some sort of personal vanity project by a local businessman who's fifed them recording an operating loss of millions while preaching sustainability while picking this week's attendance figures out of a tombola. Ingress, what the hell? How you doing? No barter sell for shitty weather, drugs and business. Inverness is a fucking business. And now, Mailbag with Andrew Sutherland. That intro gets creepier every single time you do it. Um, yeah, cheers to everyone who uh, kind of tweeted us with some questions. Good response, so really appreciate that, guys. Um, a nice simple one, probably for Andrew Young to answer. I think we all know the answer. Have there been actual tears at the news of Rooney departing in the summer? Oh, God, I. Yeah. <laughs> I had to be talked down from the top of the Rose Street multi story. Yeah. The yeah, greatest player to play think, for us since Danny Sanchez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we've um, kind of covered our feelings of Rooney many times over. Um, <clears throat> second one, another, another one actually for, for Andrew Young. Um, should the team sheets slash tickets be written in Gaelic, seeing as you're, you're quite fond of, uh, of the language? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. I think that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, thanks, Gringo. I mean, I think it's really nice that a guy from Coventry has actually suggested that, shows he's, he's fully behind. Um, our bilingual status. I also think actually did to develop te- that. Did, did he text you? And what, what sort of language did he speak in commentary? Uh, kind of, you know, a, a kind of um, East, it, it, East, it, East Midlands Gaelic, which is a strange but um, see, quite quite it. quite attractive one. <laughs> um, I actually think you know just to develop Gringo's idea that we should also have the players' names in Gaelic in the back of the shirts as well. You know, <laughs> that, that'll please uh, Jody. I think. So, yeah. um, okay, so um, I heard I'll, a bit about um, Rooney actually. I thought if you're going to, well, have you have you have you all got? Well, no, he's that, like. Yeah. If you're going out with a really hot girl or guy, 
uh, someone who you originally, you know, um, you went out with rather than necessity or anything, then they started going to the gym. Uh, then they got really fit. Before you know it, it's you who's punching. Uh, then they say they're going to leave you. Would Would you rather they just left you? Or would you rather you had those three or four amazing months before they left you? During which those three or four months, you could start getting really, really fit, really, really trim, and then like really impress them, and then they might stay. Was that a question? No, it's more sort of an, your, anal- your, an analogy. Your sort of perorations, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, another question. Um, is the criticism that Jordan White gets, is it justified? Uh, I'll take that. Um, I think there's a disparity between... Um, the expectations of a lot of fans when it comes to when it comes to White and any striker playing in Robbo's single striker up top, and what Robbo expects a striker to do for the team, expects White to do for the team. And White does miss a lot of chances. He does miss a lot of chances, but he does a hell of a lot of work for the team as well. And I don't think Robbo is going out there necessarily saying I want you to score a lot of goals. He's in his game plan is necessarily he's asking him to get a team up the pitch. He's asking him to hold the ball. He's asking him to win a lot of win a lot of challenges, win a lot of headers, and, and you know what? Just put himself about. I know it sounds like a it sounds like a really really good thing. Just, just put himself about. But what I will say is that he does miss a lot of chances, and fans don't like to see that. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, I was going to say the same thing. I think a lot of the criticism has been absolutely ridiculous. He's really hard working, and he's also in a difficult position. You know, being effectively a lone striker. You know, Keating drops deeper. He is, he is up there. It also makes him easier to mark. I think. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, we don't always play to his strengths as well. We lob a lot of high balls yep. in. He's not particularly good in the air for a player of his size. And that's yep. just something that is a natural part of his makeup. So we can't criticise him for that. We should play to his strengths. So I think the bigger criticism should actually be the predictability of our build-up play. And also, just to say, his, his work rate is absolutely fantastic. He's a bit of a, sort of a Graham Bain for me. You know, he's, 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 he's a Graham Bain. He's very good. He's not an Andy Barrowman, who I would really say was deserving of all the criticism he got. Okay, next one. Got another couple of two. We'll just batter through these. Um, what are Robbo's plans for Machado, Machado, Machado? Well, he seems to have disappeared off the face of the well, let's I, I think, I think people on. have suggested that he hasn't played him um, because he doesn't want anyone to you know, find out about him, essentially. Mm. He hasn't put him on loan uh, to Fort William because, again, doesn't want anyone to find out about yeah. him. Uh, and that, that, that's that's as much as I've seen. The guy's obviously got talent, mm-hmm. so why wouldn't he put all on Fort William? Well, because yeah. obviously he thinks you want to play him in his team. Well, why wouldn't you play him in his team? Well, because obviously if you play him a little bit, and he, people see the flashes of skill of which he's capable, yeah. people are going to be take notice. Yeah, well, D- Dundee were rumoured to be after him, um, mm-hmm. of course, early in the season. Yeah, that might be true. I was going to say the boring answer is, though, that Rob and the other members of the club staff see enough of him in training and reserve matches to know whether yeah. he's ready or not for yeah. a step up to the first team, whether he could actually make the step up in a way that would do him justice and, and add anything to the club. But he's know. not done either. He's not gone on loan and he's not... No, but does, does going on loan definitely benefit every player? I don't know if it does. You know, like they would know he, that better. It doesn't probably... mean that he either does one or the other. Yeah. You know? Um, I, sorry, I was going to say just very quickly that um, I mentioned in the very first pod I was excited about him because a kid I knew from school of work and had played against him and said he was brilliant. And that kid's in exactly the same position. as now professional with a championship club who aren't doing mm. well. He is an excellent player, but he's not had a sniff of the first team yet, presumably because his bosses also say he's probably not quite ready yet, but he's not alone. The shadow's in the same position. Um, okay, well, last one. Um, do you think the board have slightly given up on prom- uh, promotion, sorry, by letting key players and Donaldson and McCart leave without getting in adequate replacements? Obviously, we talked about Toshney, but you know, is no. he an adequate replacement? No, 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 no I don't, I don't, I don't, 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 don't think that is the case. Um, 
I think the question is is incorrectly phrased. Has the board given up promotion? Well, mm-hmm. Robbo's Robbo's not given up promotion because mm-hmm. the guy in charge of transfers at the football club is Robbo. Uh, Robbo knows what players he would like, and he probably wouldn't be able to get in any in the wage bracket he would want in January that are available, other than the one he got. Um, I think he would have actually also liked to keep the two centre halves, and I think in his mind he does keep. In his mind, he tries to keep one of the centre halves, and he does keep one of the centre halves, mm-hmm. right? But I think perhaps above him the decision has been made. Yeah. But he doesn't say anything to us because he, him, Gardner, and Morrison are tight, and they want to keep that United front. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's disappointed. But he's happy with what he's got, what, what and he, and we just go ahead with that. Okay. And he, yeah. and, he, and he makes the best of what he's got, which is what he's always done as a manager. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, the McCart situation shows that the board are not prepared to gamble financially in any way at all. They will take any money they get in, which we said. And the idea about adequate replacements is is a decent point, but is anyone with the money we can offer going to be adequate? Yeah. You know, we just don't know. I mean, we don't even know if Christoph Berra is going to be adequate for Dundee. He could be absolute shit. That's you know, true. So. Oh, fair enough. Well, um, thanks very much to Daniel, Callie Gringo, Ali, Ivanzo, Ross and Callie Jim for your questions. And that's your mailbag. That's us for now. Uh, There are other podcasts, but there's only one ICT fan podcast, only one Wineish Shuffle. Uh, If you come back to this pod and you've listened to the first one of the decade, then by conjunction, you've entered your ears into a pre-contract for the entirety of 2020. Of course, come January, you're welcome to speak to other podcasts. And if you find another you like, uh, we'll just pretend we never liked you anyway. Uh, we're aiming for another pod next month as we head towards March and the race for the playoffs. We hope you enjoyed this uh, first one of the 20s. We're all off to tamper with some unexploded ordnance. Uh, goodbye from me. Goodbye from Andrew. And goodbye from the third Andrew. To care yourself and each other. Bye for now. Yep, yep.